I invite you to remain standing in body or spirit as you are able as we read from God's holy word today. Um, We are continuing in our sermon series, Share the Dream, looking at six principles of Martin Luther King Jr. that can guide us and lead us uh, in our lives of faith um, and in greater unity uh, with our broken world. So let us receive these words, Paul's words to the Romans from Romans chapter 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that good does not dwell within me, that is, in my flesh, for the desire to do the good lies close at hand, but not the ability. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched person that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So then with my mind, I am enslaved to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am enslaved to the law of sin. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. I want to say again a word of welcome to all who are joining with us in person, who braved the cold weather today, um, as well as those worshiping with us online. We are so thankful for your presence as well. Um, We are talking today about the second week in that sermon series, the second principle of Martin Luther King that can help to guide us, and we're talking about conscience, what it means to be people of conscience. And so I invite the Spirit to be with us as we go to God in prayer and receive God's word for us this day. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So my friend Brittany is another United Methodist Church pastor and has some amazing stories to tell of her time in ministry. One such story came when she was leading the chapel time for her preschool at the church. She led chapel time and she led the children, these little preschoolers, through the story of the Good Samaritan, trying to impart upon these youngsters the need to love their neighbors, the need to care for their neighbors, to be kind to their neighbors. And she said after she told the story and she asked the question that Jesus asks, which of the people was a good neighbor to the man that fell on the side of the road, they were able to answer the man who helped him. 
And she said, yes, exactly, and we need to help one another. We need to be kind for one another. And she began to ask them questions about what that meant to be kind, what it meant to love. And she said, they were on top of it. These preschoolers were able to come up with some great answers for what that meant. And she was so proud. She said, I felt like I had just imparted some great wisdom to these kids. But then, not an hour later, she walked out the door of the church to go to lunch and passed by the playground. And those children that had been listening so intently and knowing the answer so well about what it meant to love were less than loving to one another. She said one child was having to be taken away from another because he was throwing rocks. Another child pushed a fellow classmate down the slide. These children, though they had been taught so soon what it meant to be kind and to be loving, were just not following directions very well. And despite the fact that we would like to believe that this is something that just affects preschoolers, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that too often Paul's words apply to us as well. That no matter if we know the law of God, if we know what we are commanded to do, we hear Jesus' instruction that the greatest commandment of all is to love God and to love our neighbors still. Sometimes we struggle with actually living that out. Living out the law and the prophets that lead us to these things, to the, these ways of God that form and shape a better world and a better kingdom for God's people. What Paul emphasizes to the Romans is that it isn't just enough to know the ways of God, to know what is found in the laws, to know what is found in our scriptures, to know the stories of Jesus and the commandments of him. It is not enough to know it. We must seek to live it out. There's a story that Jesus tells in the Bible, a parable about a rich man and a man named Lazarus. Jesus tells the story of a man, a wealthy man, who lived in the finery of life, who experienced all of the good things that life had to offer. And just outside of his doorstep sat day by day a man named Lazarus, who had sores all over his body, who sat and begged for scraps and was licked by the dogs that would come by. And when Lazarus and the rich man both die, Lazarus is taken up into heaven, and the rich man is sent to Hades. It is not, though, that the rich man was rich, that is his reason for being sent, but as he calls out to Abraham, who he sees up in heaven with Lazarus across this great chasm of death. He calls up to Abraham for salvation. He calls up for mercy. And Abraham says, you have the laws and the prophets that you did not listen to in your life. The man's life that he lived, this life of prosper, this life of goodness, 
He clearly knew the laws because he knew Abraham. But he ignored what it meant to live those laws out when it came to Lazarus, sitting just outside of his door. He didn't see how the law of God was calling him to act, to live out the righteousness, to live out the love, to live out the mercy that God intended for God's people. When we're not directly impacted by pain or suffering or struggle, by injustice or oppressive systems, it can be easy to to not notice it, to not see it, to not see the impact then that our actions or inactions, like the man, have on those around us who are suffering. We may say nothing when an offensive joke is told or a word is spoken that hurts or does harm. We might do nothing about policies that create systems of oppression or injustice. We can find ourselves in bubbles with people who look and think and act like us and we can become ignorant and miss the struggles of those who may be just outside our doors. And we miss that call to action. We do what we do not wish to do. And then sometimes, when we do see the struggle, the hurt, the pain, the suffering, when we do see the big picture of those whose lives are full of destruction and demise, and we want to help, sometimes it can seem overwhelming and paralyzing when we try to comprehend what it means to be a good person, what it means to have a good impact on the world around us. I had the amazing opportunity when I was in seminary to spend a year in Thailand. I was working with a nonprofit organization in the northern part of the country called Borderless Friendship Foundation. It works doing community development work with the Hill Tribe ethnic minority population there in northern Thailand. These tribal peoples have migrated down from China through Burma and then into northern Thailand as they were pushed by violence and political oppression. And as I found myself living with people whose experiences of life were so completely different from mine, hearing their stories of persecution, hearing their stories of struggle and poverty, hearing their stories of pain, I found myself really wrestling with what it meant to live the life that I have here in the United States. As I returned after spending a year there, I found myself seeking to do good. Like Paul says, seeking to do that which is right and righteous according to the laws of God. I wanted to live a life that did not have a negative impact on a single other human being in the world. And so I found myself trying to buy clothes that were ethically made or 
recycled, right? Because that means that no waste is happening or no one is making new clothes for me in countries where there might not be strict human labor laws. I, I sought to try and eat food that was ethically sourced and where people were being paid good wages for making that food. I said, I don't need a smartphone. I can have an old phone that, that doesn't take up as much data and use as much energy for our planet. I can live this simpler ethical life that has a good environmental and humanitarian impact on all of the world. And yet, I found that that was a huge struggle. It was a huge struggle to consider what impact my life had on every single other human being in the whole world. And so I returned to Paul's question, how do I do the good that I wish to do? When we look around us and we see the results of human sin, hatred, brokenness, economic struggle, abuse, starvation, poverty, neglect, war, violence, racism, it can seem hopeless to try and live righteously to try and live well, to try and have an impact on the world, to confront all that is wrong, to follow Jesus' command to love God and to love our neighbor in all that we do because it seems as if humanity is simply too far gone. After all, Paul says, I desire to do good, but I just can't. But the good news that Paul offers is that as we seek to follow in the ways of Christ, as we seek to live into God's righteousness, to love God, to love our neighbor, we are not alone. Paul invites us to give thanks that through Jesus Christ, God become human and dwelling among us as humans, we are not only capable of great harm, but we are also capable, through the grace of God, of great good. The Spirit of God, Paul says in chapter 8 of Romans, the Spirit of God testifies to us that we are children of God. And the Spirit of God witnesses to us, leads us, guides us towards that love of God that God has for us and for the world, leads us and guides us in what is ours to do, to have that impact. The Spirit leading us, for us as people of faith, is our conscience. Leaning on the spirit of God, whispering, tugging, pulling us towards a better way, a better way of living and being and doing in the world. And when I think of this spirit leading us, this voice, I couldn't help but think of Pinocchio. In the Disney movie Pinocchio, you may remember that there's a song 
about this concept of conscience. For Pinocchio, the little wooden boy whose nose would grow every time that he told a lie, there is Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket who sings to him that any time that he was to feel like he might want to tell a lie or might want to do something wrong, just give a little whistle, Jiminy Cricket says. Give a little whistle and I will be there. I will be there to tell you what is right and wrong. I will be there to be your conscience. Let your conscience be your guide. But Pinocchio does not necessarily follow Jiminy Cricket's directions as we do not always follow God's. It's harder sometimes because we don't have a Jiminy Cricket, but we do have the Holy Spirit tugging at our hearts, urging in our souls, giving us guidance in the face of apathy or ignorance or anxiety to do our part, to do what is ours to do as children of God, to love God, to love our neighbor, to live righteously, and to make a difference in the world. But we have to pay attention. Pinocchio didn't listen to Jiminy Cricket. Those children throwing rocks on the playground did not listen to my friend. And while God's calling may not be as clear as a cricket or a Sunday school teacher, like Abraham told the rich man, we have the laws and the prophets. We have this example of Jesus. But we must pay attention to the Spirit speaking into us of what is ours to do in the here and now. In the face of injustice, or oppression in the face of suffering and struggle, in the face of hurt and harm, and the realities of sin that plague our world today, we must pay attention to that Holy Spirit speaking to us, speaking into our conscience of how we can act to make a difference in the world. Tomorrow is the day where we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose conscience led him to do some amazing things to make a difference in the world. He was led by faith to march in the streets for freedom. He was led by his conscience in conscientious objection of laws that were oppressive, hurtful, and harmful. He was led to speak and to preach against wars that he felt were unjust and went against the way of God. He was led by his faith, and indeed, it made a difference. We, too, are to be led by our faith. We may not be called to the same kind of example of faith that Dr. King had, but we can be led by our faith, by the spirit who empowers us to do good and to turn away from evil, to love God and to love our neighbor, to participate in God's forming and shaping of the world. It is not easy, but we are not alone in this quest. 
The Spirit is with us, and we, as the people of God, are with one another. In this struggle for a better world, in this struggle to do well, when so often it seems as if our hearts are tugged in a different direction. Martin Luther King said that the time is now, in whatever time we find ourselves. The time is now as we face a world of sin and struggle. Now, he said, let us begin. Let us rededicate ourselves to the long and bitter but beautiful struggle for a new world. It can often seem long and bitter, this struggle to live out our faith, this struggle for a new world that is in line with God's ways. And it can feel like Paul says, like we, we cannot do good enough. We cannot do all that is required. But we aren't the only ones doing it. The spirit of God that calls us children of God is the same spirit that empowers us, that empowered Dr. King, that empowered Paul, that has empowered men and women of faith throughout the centuries. To live out in love, in mercy, in righteousness, and to help be a part of God's shaping of a new world. So let us open ourselves up today for this long and bitter but beautiful struggle for a new world. Let us open ourselves up today to receive that spiritual awakening, telling us that we are children of God and that as God's children, we are not only capable of doing hurt, but we are capable of doing great works of healing and wholeness as well. Let us receive God's spirit for us today, that we can be a part of God's transformation of the world. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, in whom we are assured that humanity's capability is not just that of hurt but that we are capable of good as well. Help us and empower us and lead us and guide us in our place in your world. Lead us and guide us in what is ours to do in the face of so much. Lead us and guide us that we might be the children that you have called us to be. In Christ's name we pray.